Welcome to Real Testaments. The message is shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you as you listen. Praise God. We want to be looking into a life of godliness. Praise God. As I was pondering about this, I discovered that we cannot talk about the life of godliness without first of all looking at holiness. Praise God. You know, uh, growing up, our deeper life brethren, we used to call them holy, holy. Praise God. Uh, Bless you, brother, uh, sister. Ah, you know, even as Christians, ah, holy, holy, they come. Oh. You understand? Because we imbibe certain things that were wrong, some wrong impression about the concepts of holiness and godliness. I believe today there are some churches you still go to. You ask, how many are holy? You know. The concept is, a lot of times, they've misplaced it. Praise God. I want to look at these scriptures quickly. Leviticus 11, from 44 to 45. It says, For I am the Lord your God, ye shall therefore sanctify yourself, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourself with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. For I am the Lord that bringeth you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Praise God. If you look at the first part, you see the concept of being holy looks very difficult. Praise God. When you look at the concept from the time past, it was a very difficult thing. Praise God. What it meant then was that you have to be on top of the law. Praise God. I'm going somewhere. Now, what is holiness? Simply put, holiness means to be set apart. Praise God. It means to be sanctified. Paul writing in Acts 20.32 He says, I commend you to what? The word of his grace, which is able to build you and give you an inheritance among those who are what? Sanctified. Praise God. Listen, when you get born again, you are holy by default. It's part of the finished work of Calvary. When you get born again, you connect with the holiness of God. You are separated. You are set apart. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it's a default thing. It's an auto set that when a Christian gets born again, the Christian is holy. Pastor said something last week when he was talking about salvation. One of the biggest problems that has plagued the church is the concept of this wrong doctrine that was shared sometime, that was out there, 
long ago. Once saved, forever saved. Praise God. It's true. When you are born again, you are born again. But Paul said, shall we continue in what sin that grace may abound? Pastor talked about crucifying Christ the second time last week. For those of you who were in church. Hallelujah. You see, as a believer, when you are born again, there is nothing you do about your holiness. You are holy. It's a default thing. When you get translated, you are set apart. You are consecrated. You are devoted unto God. Hallelujah. You don't have to work to achieve holiness. By default, that is who you are. You are holy. Praise God. I want us to look at 1 Peter 2.9. Praise God. It says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Hallelujah. He said, and holy nation, and holy nation. When the Bible talks about nation, he's not talking about a geographical location. He's talking about a group of people. Praise God. He was talking about a collection of us and holy nation. Praise God. You know, he says, you are a chosen generation. When you are chosen, it means you didn't do anything about it. Hallelujah. You were selected. You were accepted. You were chosen. Hallelujah. Praise God. He said, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. So I'm trying to bust your theology in case anybody has a theology here that, oh, your holiness, you did something about it. No, you didn't do anything about it. When you got born again, you became holy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, pastor said, it's forever saved, once saved, has been a problem. You know, because of that, people have never seen the need for godliness. Oh, I'm born again. You live anyhow. As a brother, you fornicate at will. Yes, I'm born again, once saved, forever saved. Praise God. As a sister, oh, no shaking. It's the other of the day. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm holy. No. Praise God. I wrote here. I said, godliness has to do with code of conduct of the believer. You've been hearing of code of conduct bureau. And they are dragging people for trial. We as Christians, we have our code of conduct. Praise God. Godliness has to do with the code of conduct of the believer. As a married man, there is a code of conduct. As a married woman, when you are born again, there is a code of conduct. When you are married, there is a code of conduct. There are some things you cannot just do because you are married. As a married man, there is a code of conduct that governs your life. 
praise God. As a Christian, there are certain things you cannot do because you are born again. There are certain things you just can't, it's abnormal. There are certain situations you can't just be because you are a child of God. Praise God. I wrote here, I said, godliness is the perfection of holiness. Praise God. I had to start from holiness so that we can begin to see certain things. The word godliness has more to do with the direction of a person's life and his connection to God. Yes, you were saved. You have been saved. You have been bought with a price. You have been translated from darkness to light. You have been sanctified. You have been set apart. Praise God. But there is an expectation from you. The way you live your life. Do you know why? Because godliness is so powerful. As a church, we are talking about influence. Influencing our world. How can you influence your world without godliness? Absolutely not possible. It's not possible. You cannot be a true influence without godliness. Praise God. Hallelujah. We work to achieve godliness. Note that. Lazy Christians stand on the premise. One saved forever. It's true. You are not wrong. You are correct. You are correct. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. If you don't work it out, you will just discover that after some time, you are docile. Praise God. You are docile. You are just there and not there. First Timothy 4, 7 to 8. Praise God. Hallelujah. It says, but refuse profane and old wives, fables, and exercise thyself rather unto what? Godliness. It's an exercise. You practice it. It's a lifestyle. Praise God. Praise God. You practice it. It's part of your daily work as a Christian. Everybody is collecting bribe. Everybody in your office, they are running deal. People employed you to add value. They are paying you heavily monthly. And you are a believer. You are still running deals. <laughs> My brother, that's not godliness now. You are breaking the rules, the code of conduct. Praise God. When you join them to run deals, when others are running deals, your influence is gone. You just sold your birthright. You are gone. You are finished. You ought to be the reference point. The one that everybody, ah, this brother is around, though. This man, he has come. Let's chuck in everything. You know, let's code it. Let's code it. He's here. But when you get to a point where your presence makes no difference, when you are there, they are running deals. They even want to conscript you. Mona, run everything together. You are finished. Praise God. You are supposed to be the conscience keeper. But when you have stopped, failed, how do you influence? Hallelujah. 
Second Corinthians seven one. It says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness. Some translations will say perfecting godliness in the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, we started by saying that your holiness is by default. Is by default. When you get born again, by default, you are holy. But in your walk with Christ, there's a lot you need to do. You perfect your holiness. When you begin to do the things you are supposed to do, when you begin to connect with God, hallelujah, you perfect your holiness. You walk at it on a daily basis. That is godliness. Hallelujah. When you are conscious of your salvation, when you watch your step, in all that you do, when you are in a circumstance where you ask yourself on a regular basis, this thing I'm doing, does it give glory to God? You know, when you are conscious, especially in your life of devotion, your connection, your connectivity with God, that is godliness. That is godliness. You are walking in godliness. You are walking as a Christian. You are living in obedience. You are walking in purpose. Your relationship with God is nothing. You cannot substitute it from anything. When your connection with him becomes a priority to you, you are walking in godliness. Hallelujah. I wrote here, I said, godliness is mainly used to describe a positive way of life influenced by God. Hallelujah. I also wrote, I said, it is possible to be holy, set apart, yet not be godly. Yes. 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 You can be born again. You are saved. Nobody can ever dispute that. You've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've been set apart. Praise God. But you can also live daily the other way. Anyhow. Hallelujah. Abusing the grace of God. It is very possible. Praise God. Hallelujah. I says, it's possible to be holy, set apart, yet not godly. That is, not focused on God and deeply connected to him. Godliness has to do with your connectivity to the Holy Spirit. Your connectivity to God. When you begin to connect with him, you are perfecting holiness. You are perfecting holiness. You can be described as a godly person. You can be described as someone who is walking in godliness. Hallelujah. It is the responsibility of us as believers to walk at living godly lives. Praise God. 
It is our responsibility. It's our responsibility. We have a choice. It's our responsibility. We are supposed to live godly lives. It's our responsibility. Praise God. It's our responsibility to work it out. You are saved, no doubt. But there is a task after your salvation. There is a task. And that is to work out your salvation through godliness on a daily basis. Why do we really need godliness? I'll just give us some three reasons. Praise God. Number one, I have talked about this over and over. Connection with God. Praise God. Number two, assurance of our salvation. Hallelujah. I have met some people, <laughs> and that's the worst state a believer can be when you are not sure <laughs> whether you are born again. Yeah. I've met some people who are confused about their salvation. They are in a state where they don't even know. Oh, I've come out ten times. I've accepted Jesus. And but yet they are not sure. They are not sure. You see, that happens to a believer when you begin to diminish in your life of godliness. Praise God. Hallelujah. A believer that is deeply connected to God can never have this problem. Because the Bible talks about his spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are what? The sons of God. So when you are connected to him, you can't have this problem. Your salvation is always sure. Because there is always something in your inner man that connects with the fact that you are saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. The other point is, when you look at Christians who are godly, they are very fruitful people. They are very fruitful people. In fact, godliness is a life of the miraculous. Praise God. Hallelujah. Godliness brings the miraculous. Helps you live constantly, 247, in the life of the miraculous. Praise God. When you walk in godliness, when you practice godliness, let me use that word practice. It's a deliberate thing. Your salvation, you didn't do anything about it. It was a default. But your life of godliness is practice. It's practice. It is deliberate. I take deliberate steps to do the right things. Because I'm saved. Because I'm born again. Because I know it's against my code of conduct as a believer. I take deliberate steps. The temptations come. Just add zero. Let's change this thing to this. I say no. Praise God. Because it's not right. I am a believer. The right thing should be done. 
proper channels should be followed. Hallelujah. It is deliberate. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lastly, godliness keeps us preserved. Yeah. Yeah. You see, it's a race where people always come and go. But when you see people who have been there for 20 years, 15 years, they are still standing and consistent. Understand that there are some principles. You know, they've disciplined themselves because it's painful when you are keeping to the code of conduct. Because there are lots of things out there that the world keeps flashing at you that looks like enjoyment. Things you can do overnight and you turn certain things around. Hallelujah. And you keep throwing them aside. You say no. You know, at a point, the world sees you as, ah, this guy not sharp at all. Not dollar. Eh? Why all this opportunity? My wife's mother was so blessed all her life in government. She was the state tax collector for so many, many years. Chairman Board of Internal Revenue. You know, she ended as a PS, retired, brought back to the Civil Service Commission as a commissioner before Oshobonle finally they left some years back, you know. And this woman, I love her so much. She's my friend. We're very close. <laughs> this woman struggled to build her house. This was a woman that had the keys to the revenue of the entire state. But she did the right thing. <laughs> she was gisting me of one woman that came, one of her, you know, in that kind of setting, your subordinate, ah, this madam, you know, even, you know, you know, you know, sharp at all. Nah. But she's very sharp. She was blocking all the blockables. And she was telling me of one woman the day she finally retired. You know, the Benadian regime, they just did some, you know, when you are beginning to be a bone at some point, she left. Ah, one woman came to the house crying. Hell, wasted opportunities. Because she was still trying to complete her house. All these years, key of tax, state, everything with you. You know, everyone said, ah, she was crying. My mother-in-law looked at her and was like, wasted opportunity. But today, of all her contemporary, that woman has never lacked anything. Miraculously, God sorted her. She has not lacked anything. She has lived the good life. Praise God. So consistent because of the life of godliness. I always celebrate her. I respect her so much. Whenever we are together, Mama, I respect you. You are a true woman of God. Listen, at times, because our values at times are faulty, we just have this attitude of sharply, let's run these things now. 
I know what I'm talking about. I'm talking to Christians. God is going to open some doors for some of us. Let me tell you, if I was in their world sharp, I want to do what they do. <laughs> Brotherly. <laughs> there are some people I run away from. There's I flew with. If I mention the name Pastor Patrick, some of those people that, you know, there's one levels, you know, that the husband is abroad now when they hide. You get what I'm trying? I flew with one of them. They were trying to convince me to come over to Lekki, let's meet, and all that major, mega levels, deals. As I came down, we, funny enough, we flew to Benin together. I was going to worry for something. On my way back, we jammed again the aircraft. You know, and the devil was just both way. He tried to, the thing don't work, throw the guy was with me again the same flight. I said, Gilbert, Moussi, Moussi, let's, you know, because I can put a lot of things together, and they wanted, oh, this guy, he won't take me, go meet him. You know, let's run it in. And I looked at what they do. I asked myself, is this what I want to do? No. The small ones that God has, I'm happy. At least I'm sleeping well. I'm not running. I'm not thinking of tomorrow. Let me just keep at this one that I know and begin to do it. You know, someday I'll be there. I don't have to be in haste. I know where I'm going to. But when regime change, all of them are shocking now. <laughs> Maybe they would have called my name. Do you get? I may have made so much money, bought private jets. You get what I'm saying? Then... Today, media all over. Oh, Gilbert, Gilbert, you are seeing my name in newspaper. He was one of those guys. How will it look like? Praise God. Praise God. I am preserved. I am happy. I am not running from pillar to post. So when we walk in the life of godliness, I tell you this, you will be preserved. It might look as if you are not moving as fast as, as you should move now. But I tell you, if you are consistent and you keep doing the things that are right and you keep following godly principles, godly code of conduct, in a short while, when your blessings come, it will be permanent. It will be permanent because you have learned the rope. You didn't just jump up overnight. You made some money out of crooked ways. And you spent them, and you don't know how to make another one. But in this, God has taken you through principles. Hallelujah. Godliness will preserve your life. Godliness will make you look younger than your age. Because you are not stressed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm done. But I want to close by this. You are born again as a child of God by default. You are holy. As a child of God by default, you are holy. But the life of godliness is a deliberate life. Do not forget this. Do not forget this. Things will be thrown at you. Ask yourself, is this in line? 
with the code of conduct. I would like to say, if it's not in line with the code of conduct, don't do it. Walk worthy of your call. God bless you. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, visit our website, www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real, influence your world.